Hello again, Pastor Deborah here. Welcome, and it is so wonderful to be here with you today. And yes, you have been brought here. Your heart has led you. Your thoughts have said you want to learn. Yes, we're in the garden. Yes, and all the animals and plants and creatures, they are here with us also. For the word tells Pastor Deborah, I am to teach and preach the kingdom of heaven and its adversary to all of creation. The garden and its creatures are part of that. Yes, and so are you, you little spirit one. Yes, I see you out there. And I see the little babies that have come also right out of the womb, right out of childbirth. Even if you're in the NICUs, you have been brought. Mm -hmm. Even if you are dying and you are in pain and you are on the streets all alone or somebody has thrown you away or even if you are in the process of dying itself, you are here. And those that the physical body can no longer sustain you, you will go right right on up. Yes, welcome, welcome. For those of you who no longer have a physical body, you may come and go into the garden and you will be taught. For there is also a wonderful place up in heaven for you, a garden. Pastor Deborah's there a lot and so is the word. They are teaching you. Yes, because you know you're going to be coming back. Yes, to a earth, but not this earth. You won't get that Ikkyo body back that was made of the dust of the earth. You're going to get a new body. And it will be a new earth. Not sure what it's going to be yet. But you're coming back. And so you have to be in school while you're waiting. School is paramount. You must go. If not, you will continue to live in spiritual darkness, still living in the kingdom of darkness and ignorance in your little spiritual mind. So you go to school. You might see me up there teaching this as well. Or you might have some angels, or you might have some other human spirits that are there that have also gone to school. School is paramount. Growing up in your mind into the very mind of Christ himself. Yes, that one that sits on the right hand of the great I am. That one. We're to think like he does because he's the word, the mind of the great creator, the king, the great I am himself. He has made himself known through his word that became one of us, flesh. So when you study the word, you're studying God, your creator, the one who brought you out of that darkness. And this land that you're in, this is his. And he wants you to know about him and all about the kingdom. And he wants you to know how to be a kingdom person with a kingdom mindset, not one of democracy from the old world or communism, or socialism, or Marxism, or even one where there is polygods, or one where there is no god but the government. He wants you to know about his kingdom called heaven. 
all about it. Its rules, its laws, its statutes, its ordinances. And he has made a way for you while you're there in heaven to learn, develop your mind, and to become mature. So when you return back to the new earth he's going to create, you will have the mind of Christ in here, in your spirit. And you will be able to accomplish all the things he desires for you, his creation called man to be no man doesn't mean a sex it means offspring because he says i want a child to inherit and he developed that it was the firstborn the male child in his mind but your body your spirit is not a male or a female it's a spiritual being but it must think like him And we learn about him through his word. Yes, the the one sitting to the right hand. But down here on earth and in the garden, okay, we have the word also to us. Pastor Deborah is just one of the many teachers of it. And we are learning about this kingdom of darkness that is here on this planet. Many of you have felt its sting called death and you have been tormented and vexed by it you have been killed by it your bodies have been destroyed by it you have lived in nations and countries with the rulers of it who were corrupt who had a dark satanic spirit behind them you lived in those nations you lived in families that were cruel and wicked And in ignorance, they did horrible things to you. You lived in an earth that was not producing itself, its bountiful blessings for you. Why? Because it was cursed. When the blood was shed on it, it cursed you and the people that shed the blood. And the earth was cursed even from this Lord himself. Originally, back in the, we'll study that. He didn't want to curse you, so he cursed the earth. But the earth was your outward body also, your physical dirt body. So death had to come to it. And some of it comes to you in the womb. And Pastor Deborah's right there when it happens with her angels. It happens in the NICU. It happens in childbirth. It happens in childhood, in infancy. Yes, death comes to all of us. This physical body is part of this cursed earth you don't think this is what god made you see up there in heaven in the garden what he made there's no death in it there's no sting of death through sin or rebellion in it there's no kingdom of darkness in the garden it's kept at bay you saw that flaming sword out there and that cherubim they keep all darkness and ignorance and anything that is not allowed to pass through, cannot come. They are not allowed in heaven where you are. So welcome, welcome to this teaching. I believe we are starting this spiritual Babylon, which bat, the word Babylon actually comes from the word Babel, which means confusion. Mm-hmm. And confusion brings the darkness over your spiritual mind and over the soul of you. Mm-hmm. 
So we are in spiritual Babylon, the kingdom of darkness, and we are beginning lesson or part, I believe it's number 15. Mm -hmm. So welcome everybody to another class of spiritual teaching by Pastor Deborah, your global teacher of Agape Love, Love is Here's Ministries, a global, international, inter-realm spiritual teaching. Mm -hmm. So let's begin lesson number 15. We have been working through the presence of the Lord. As I taught in an earlier teaching, you must study the original, the righteous, the holy, the legal presence thoroughly and in depth. So when you know that one and this other presence, this kingdom of darkness and the one who created it out of his image and his image, his nature, his likeness, and it gets in you. And it reflects out of you, out of your words, your actions, your deeds, and in the realm of the Spirit where most people cannot see it. And it's reflected on the earth itself. You will know the difference. You must know the original, and you must know what's here on earth. They're both here on earth, the presence of these gods. Now, Satan is not a god, the adversary, but he wants to be. God means source. So he has created his own presence. But before we really deeply study it, Pastor Deborah was instructed by her teacher, the Holy Spirit, to teach on the presence of the Lord. Because this king, the adversary of God and you, and of the earth and all of life and creation itself, was in this presence of the Lord. Until it got kicked out. And when it lost it, it lost its beauty, its holiness, its grandeur, its majesty. It became twisted. That means perverted. And it lost, it had wisdom, but the wisdom became darkened itself. Perverted and twisted. Kind of knows what he wants, but he can't get it. His heart was full of lust and coveting, jealousy and hate and murder and violence toward the God who created him. Mm -hmm. And he created that atmosphere, that kingdom all around the earth in government systems, in people, in families, in culture, in business. He created it to reflect him. And Pastor Deborah's on a mission. I'm in warfare against that kingdom to bring this kingdom of the presence of the Lord into you, into your spirit, into your soul and your physical body and out through all of the earth. But you have to study these two. Right now we are in the presence of the Lord that Satan, who was Lucifer, got kicked out of. We have to look at where he was, what that presence was, and we've been working our way through that. When we finish that, we're going to get into the dark kingdom of darkness and how it looks and feels and how it is so different than the presence of the Lord. 
But let's begin first with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have brought to hear your words through your spirit, your holy teacher, that has been given to us to help us, to guide us, to lead us, to change us, to transform us in the spirit, soul, and physical body. And for those that are in heaven, that you continue to teach them so that their spiritual minds and their little baby souls that are now the servant of them will learn and grow and they will become all the mature adult that you desire them to be so that they may inherit the kingdom and all of its power and authority and dominion when you say they're ready and they can return back to earth when the new earth comes and they can live as mighty royal kings of your kingdom and bring their glory that you have given them, their dominion and authority over all of the seen world, of over all of the galaxies, over all of the solar systems and stars and comets, that they may bring those creatures and those life forms into your kingdom to be ruled and reigned by them. As you rule and reign in heaven, we thank you for this teaching. Let your Holy Spirit and your words of light and life ride on Pastor Deborah's words. Plant your seeds of righteousness and truth that will set their spiritual minds free of the darkness of the kingdom of Satan and his kingdom of darkness, of ignorance. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, we're going to start lesson part number 15. We were working through some scriptures, which were Exodus 33, 14 through 23. We had gone back to verse 17 in the last one. I won't go back there. But in this one, we're going to pick up in verse number 18. Of Exodus 33, 14 through 23. This is about a conversation that Moses, the great deliverer of Israel in the Old Testament, was having with this God. God had taken him out of Egypt by powerful, supernatural miracles, warfare, because he was going to get glory, he said, upon the demon gods of Egypt. And he even tells Israel later, I had to sacrifice the people in Egypt because many died so I could get you out, so I could raise you up, and then you would go back and help them. But what happened is those who died, they were put in a special place down in hell, Tardis or Sheol, saved until the Christ after his crucifixion went down there, and he preached that they could all come out. The doors were open now. The rebellion and the sin had been forgiven of their forefather named Adam, and all was now free, and they could go on up. And he took them all up, emptied out hell, death, and the grave from those people. Did you know that when he did that, many of them came back into Israel and walked among their relatives? Mm-hmm. Out of the graves, on their way up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he even did. He was even here for just a little while at his tomb with a wonderful, precious lady named Mary. And she wanted to touch him and hang on to him. He says, don't do that. I have not yet ascended unto my father. And during this time, he had already been down into hell, set the captives free, all of them. Yep, even those icky ones that had to die in the flood. Even Adam, even Noah, even Shem, Ham, and Jephah. Mm -hmm. Even this one called woman who became Eve, the mother of all flesh. For that was all living. Cain and Abel, mm -hmm. they were all set free. He said, I'm the one. Come back. You can come home now. He took him up in his train. And on his way up, he stopped to say hello to Mary. So she was the first witness, the expert testimony of his resurrection. But really not the first. The first were the Roman soldiers who were trained never to lie. And when they saw these angels roll away the stone, they stood there like dead men watching him walk out of the grave, alive, risen, glorious, because they had just killed him and put him in there three days ago. They got so frightened, they ran off to their generals who went to the religious leaders, and the religious leaders bribed them and gave them money to lie. And to say that some of his disciples, followers, stole his body out of the grave. And he never arose as these Roman soldiers actually saw. And because they loved money, they took it and lied. Now, he knew that was going to happen. But Mary was there crying out for her Messiah, her Jesus she hung out when the guys ran back. She was the first witness of the disciples to see him, hear him, and she was told to go back and tell her brothers. Who didn't believe it? But she did. Her love was different. It was deeper. She had been a prostitute, as many of you know that, beaten and abused and rejected by men, horribly just abused. But not this Jesus. He treated her with dignity, respect, honor, not as a prostitute, with genuine human love that transcended everything she ever knew about a man and a woman. It wasn't sexual love. It was a, a eternal love she couldn't even put it to. But she was so drawn to it, slowly her clothes changed. Her garments changed. She stopped doing her prostitution. The healing was coming. Her whole culture inside of her was changing. Being healed. That love was so powerful to her that it healed her. And she was allowed to be the first witness that was a believer of his resurrection. And she ran back and told the brothers about it, and they didn't really believe her. Because, you know, they didn't really respect her. They didn't see her through the eyes of Christ yet. She was just a woman. We, She's not one of the men. She wasn't one of the original 12. She's not educated. She wasn't the ones like that. 
But boy, did she get the first look at the glorified, resurrected Jesus after his death. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Be so blessed by this young man named Christ Jesus. The first to see him in his resurrected form and then disregarded by the men. That shows you what kind of thinking they had. They had not been transformed to the level that Mary had been transformed. So she got to have a great blessing. And she was then just, get away, Mary. You don't know what you're saying. You're not one of us. You're not a man. You weren't the original 12. How ungodly was that for those men? And most of them, God couldn't use, even with the women. They had not yet fully believed or fully loved him like Mary had. When you come from the life that Mary had, prostitution, abuse, human and sexual trafficked, abused and thrown away, the story goes she was a a companion to a Roman. And then when he left and threw her away, she had to survive. She couldn't go back home. She was a tainted woman. She was an outcast. She had to live in the outcast part of the town. She was couldn't go to church. Nobody taught her the Bible. She couldn't go to the synagogues. Nobody cared for her. She would get paid by men to have sex with them. Oh, she was good for that. And then this in this one movie, she was told, I think it's the Jesus of Nazareth movie, and Anne Bancroft was playing Mary Magdalene. She was told by one of her customers, the men, that there was a fellow in town named Jesus, and he loved women like her. He didn't. He just wanted sex and pleasure. Now, he paid her for it. So she went, and she would start feeling this love just by him talking. She was drawn because she was so hurt and wounded and broken. And then slowly over time, you'll see it in the Gospel of John movie. Her mother introduces Mary to Jesus. And she says, Hi, I am Mary, a prostitute. And Jesus says back to her, You were, but you are no longer. Could you imagine a man of God saying that to you? He did. So Mary was very special. You could watch her changing, being healed in her spirit, soul, and even in her culture, her dress, Her love deepened. She was getting healed. So she was allowed and privileged to be the first one, other than the Roman soldiers, to see him resurrected. Now, he told her in the Jesus of Nazareth movie, I believe, or in the Gospel of John, don't hang on to me. Don't try to hold on to me. She wanted to hold his hand like she had done. He says, I have not yet ascended unto my father. He was on his way. But he came right by the tomb just to get with Mary. How special was that? An abused woman shunned by mankind and humanity. Her brothers and sisters. Her own kind shunned. Because of something that was forced on her. That she had no choice about. Broken and wounded. This young man. This word of God made flesh. Took time to stop by his own tomb. To talk with her. But in his spiritual form, she did not recognize him. 
She just said, they said she thought he was the gardener. So in your resurrected form, you can take on other forms, appearances. And Mary had a wonderful experience, deepened her love and belief in him. And yet she was shunned by the 12 disciples. That was just a little bit of foresight. All right, let's get back. So now we are back before that happens. In this presence of the Lord. Moses had come out of Egypt. God had helped him to bring the people. And God is wanting them to go now into what he called the promised land. But there were big things in there. Big guys. There was soldiers and fighting people. And when you come out physically of slavery. Oppression after 400 years, and you were born into it. You do not have a spirit, soul, or a physical body that can fight and defend and protect. You are used to being oppressed, beaten with taskmasters, whips, bowed down into slavery. You become complacent. And Moses was telling God, That's wonderful, you want us to go there, but. Unless your presence that we had in Egypt goes with us, we are not going into this new land. Because only your presence will protect us, defend us. If it does not walk with us, then we cannot accomplish the job that you desire for us to do, which is to speak about you testify of you be a witness to you so your presence must go with us and that will show the other nations and people we are your people we are separate but come and join us and believe in this God that we are demonstrating and his presence is known to you through us so that was what Moses was saying and God says okay I will go with you, Moses, because you have found grace and favor in my sight. So a leader can carry a whole nation into freedom if the leader, the Moses type person, the king, the president, the prime minister, whoever's at the very top, if he finds favor and grace in the sight of this same God, that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. If they find favor, which Moses had, in the sight of this God, then God will, if you pray to him, that I've got a big job to do in this nation, in the world, and I want people to see you in me and in us. And I'm not going to go and do this, run for presidency, prime minister, I'm not going to be the ruler of a nation and a people if you are not with me and with us. Most of the people who are running our nations now, the presence of the Lord is not with them. But Moses was told, Moses, you have found favor in my sight and grace. So therefore, I will go with you. And with the people into this new land, into all I've called you to do, into this leadership, into this nation. And through you and your people, Moses, the other nations 
will see me and my presence, that I am with you, I am protecting you, and they can come into this group of people that I will find favor and grace with. Okay, so we kind of get in the picture here. Now we're going to pick up in verse number 18. And this is still Moses and God talking. And he, Moses, said, I beseech you, I pray, I petition, I ask you to show, to reveal your glory. Now, so you want his presence with you. You first have to find out how do you get that. You must have favor and grace with him. You must be willing to be led by him. Go places where there's going to be war and turmoil and taking people that don't know how to fight, that don't know what you're doing, but you, the leader, the shepherd of a nation, a family, a business, a school system, a classroom you're the teacher you must have the favor and grace as Moses had to get the job done that this God desires to be done through you that his presence can be seen by other people and they will come to you and say there's something different about you you go into war or you do something and it looks like you're going to lose and you win. Why is your nation so prosperous? Why is your earth so bountiful? Okay, that's what, and you would say what? His presence is with you. That's right. This God of Israel, the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, the word of God himself is with you. That's right. And they'll go, well, how do we get that? How do we have his favor and grace? If people are not asking you that, then you are not demonstrating. You are not shining out his presence. It is not with you in a large capacity. Moses was going to need it because they were going into lands that were occupied. They were going to have to do war and battle. And these were not soldiers these had been slaves. They were not used to fighting, speaking up. They didn't know how to fight and defend and protect. They just wanted to live and eat and go to work. And live and eat and go to work. And have no trouble, no uh, whips on their back. And that was it. So Moses had a big trouble. And if you are a leader of a nation or a family, many of your members... They are not fighters. They are used to following tradition, ancestors, culture, the faith that your nation has. They're not used to having this presence of God with them. They have not found favor and grace in his eyes yet. So this is where we were with Moses. And he says, I want to see your glory. Now they had just seen it. Moses was a participant in this glory in Egypt when God did powerful things to set the people free. God was going to show there were spiritual demons, kings, pharaohs that were in the land of Egypt. One was over the river Nile. One was over the sky. 
One was over to cattle, one was over to fields, one was over to people, over to king himself. And the magicians of Ramses was able to reproduce these signs and wonders, but not all of them. So God himself was in battle against demon gods that had set themselves up as gods in Egypt. This was between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. Mankind did nothing. This was all in the unseen realm. Moses had seen that glory. He may not have understood it. He may not have understood that this was a battle in the spirit realm. Remember, he was brought up in Egypt. He knew about magicians. He may not have known they were dealing with demonic spirits or in that unseen world. But he could have. But he was dealing more with just Ramses, a man who got stubborn, who God said, I'm going to make his heart harder and harder because he's not going to let you go. So Moses was interacting with a man. And that's who Moses thought he was trying to work with. In the meantime, God was back here dealing with demonics and the spiritual world. So Moses is asking God, let me see your glory. Verse 19. And he, the Lord, said to Moses, does, your, does the God that you serve, worship, pray to, talk to you like this? Can you hear his voice? Or do you hear somebody else's voice that's speaking to you? Or do you just not even pray? When you go and you pray, do you repeat scriptures? Or do you have a conversation with this God like Moses did? What I learned early on that this God of the Holy Bible is a talking God. Now, he didn't talk to everybody because everybody's heart didn't want to talk to him. 99.9% of the Israelites were afraid of him. They saw his power. It scared them. They saw his dominion on the earth. It frightened them. So they said, you go, Moses, you go and talk to him. And then you tell us. What he said, that's when pastors had to come up and prophets and teachers because people were afraid of this God. Remember, Israel had been in Egypt for over 400 years. They had forgotten who Abraham and Joseph and Isaac and Jacob, who their God was. So you can be in slavery for so long, generation, generation. That you forget the God that your great ancestors served. Now, if you study history, you will see mankind has been trying to serve gods, pray to gods, get them to come into their world and do battle for them and bless them and have favor and grace since day one. Humanity knows there is something spiritual and supernatural they are to be in connection with. Okay? But if in some nations they don't want you in connection praying to anything but their government. Because their government, it's like this. You see the flag, but behind it is a big demon prince. And some of them you see it in their flags animal that they have represented on their flag and some nations are even called by that spiritual demon it's there but people don't see it because they're blind to the spiritual okay let's keep going here 
So in verse 19, the Lord is responding back to these prayers and petitions of Moses to see his glory. And he says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I want to see your glory, not your goodness. I want to see your presence, this power, dominion, and authority that you had in Egypt. What do you mean, your goodness? I don't understand, Moses is saying. I want to see your glory. It would be like, bring the sun down, set it in front of me, let me see your power and your authority, your glory and your light. I want to see your glory. Remember, Moses was raised in the household of the Pharaoh. He saw the strength of the king. Ramses' father said, he saw the glory of their armies, the glory of their temples. He saw their magic. So he's thinking, I want to see yours. And he says, okay, I will make all my goodness pass before you. How is goodness the glory of this Lord? Hmm? What is goodness? Well, we're going to pick that up on the next tape, the next lesson. Because you don't understand this presence of this Lord. Do you understand the word glory and goodness? So I don't want to go too far into this. But we're going to go into the next one about the goodness. That's actually out of the word. And how God says, that is my glory. I will show you. Hmm. All right. You come back. And we'll pick up in lesson number 16. And this is spiritual Babylon that we are talk we are in that section, the kingdom of darkness, and we are talking about the presence of the Lord that Lucifer, who became Satan, got kicked out of. The glory of God shone through Lucifer. He knew the glory. He had favor and grace with the God. Until he got blinded by pride and jealousy uh, and this goodness that was coming through him got cut off. And he started perverting all of this glory and taking it and saying, it's mine. That's all mine. It's all for me. You can't have any. I'm not giving it to you. Anytime you hear a person or a child say, it's mine, it's mine. That's mine. That belongs to me. You're hearing the voice of Satan himself, his own image and nature and likeness, speaking out of your soul and your spirit. Mm -hmm. So let's pray, because this is deep stuff that you must understand that Lucifer lived in and lost. And humanity, when we began, we lived in this presence. We had the favor and the grace of the Lord. And we lost it as well. But until you know what you lost, you can't know what you're looking for. And until you know what you lost and what it is, you won't understand how it's perverted. And you see the perversion, the twisting, the confusion of another presence here on the planet Earth. In people, in leaders, politicians, lawyers, judges, 
family members, mothers, fathers, businesses. You just learn, well, that's the way it is. Can't do anything about it. Just like the slaves in Egypt, you just become oppressed to the darkness of another presence, another image and likeness that is very powerful and rules by taskmasters and pain and punishment and death. But I'm here to help you understand there is freedom from that kingdom of darkness. Spiritually, in your souls, and maybe even in your physical body. But if not, death will get us all. But your spirit will live on. And we want you to go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of heaven. So you can come back to the new earth. And be all you were originally created to be. So let's pray as we end part number 15. Spiritual Babylon, the kingdom of darkness. And the lesson is the presence of the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you once again have taken one little more step into your light. About your presence and about history. That will help us. We thank you for all you've brought here to the garden. And that you are teaching in heaven. For they too must learn. We thank you for all that you are doing through your Holy Spirit. Through your word that was made flesh. For you are helping us to learn you and your deep thoughts. And Father we thank you. Favor with you. And that you will show us your glory. And you will teach us of your goodness that we don't know about yet. And we thank you for all the help you can give us. That you will also provide for those who want it. A Hebrews 4.12 experience. And they will come out after being spiritually circumcised out of their soul. Out of the flesh and the miry clay. Into the brightness of your kingdom of light and love and we thank you father so that your work can be done you are a teaching god you are a wonderful father and mother to us you're trying to help us to understand you us the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of darkness so that we may choose you And then help us to grow to the mature adult you desire us to be. That you may release us and turn into our hands the kingdom of heaven and all of its authority and dominion here on earth. That we may rule and reign all of your creations, all of your works of your hand from the foundation of the mind of Christ. And from the foundation of the laws and justice and statutes and ordinances of the kingdom of heaven. Here on earth. Through our spirit. From the Holy Spirit helping us. Through our soul and our physical body. That all of creation is ruled by you and the unseen. Help us father. This is a big job that we know you want done. So help us in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. This ends lesson or part number 15. We will pick up again in verse 19. 
there's another good part to it. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there. It's excellent. You keep coming back. You keep reading. If you can't, don't have a Bible, there's one on the website of www. Oh, that's not right. Of a God beloved love is here. If you don't have one, just talk to God. He will help you. Also go to him and say, is what Pastor Deborah teaching correct? Is it right? And is it the truth? And is it coming from the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth? You go and ask that. You don't take my word for it. Okay, you go to him. Because I don't want you to believe it unless you know it's true. And you seek it out. You seek truth. Become that seeker. And you guys enjoy your visit today. It's a wonderful day in the garden. I just had a precious young child. She's about seven years old. She had done some Easter eggs. Died them. But she won't eat the eggs. Because her spirit and her soul... They think it's from Wilbur in the garden, and they don't want to eat little Wilbur's. And I had to explain to her, no, the egg was good for her. It had nutrients for her body. And yet she could see that Easter was not about the eggs. That comes from an ancient tradition called Astarte, who was a goddess who believed that all life she birthed through an egg. And so she was have her spirit was having difficulties with it. So she just wouldn't eat the egg. Her mother called her a picky eater. But I had to explain to her because she thought that maybe she might be eating little Wilbur's, you know, the little chickens here in the garden. And she didn't want to do that. And I explained to her, no, that wasn't the case. So even your views and concepts of traditions, of holidays celebrations, your spirit will be seeking truth about them. This little seven-year-old was. She actually went off and played in the garden with Wilbur, and she was going to talk to Wilbur to make sure it was okay to eat the earthly eggs, that she wasn't hurting any of the little chickens and the Wilbur's in the garden. Can you imagine... There was a great video about a little girl. She wasn't going to eat any fish or meat because it wasn't right to eat animals. It hurts them. You have to kill them. Such sensitivity to life is seen in so many children. But we don't listen to them. So we have to teach them what's right. And that's okay. Because how humanity kills animals to eat may not be right. All right. Did you know? We all started off as vegetarians, eating nuts and berries and fruit. We did not eat the animals in the garden. We were to eat plants, corn, vegetables, fruit. But when we fell from that place of that high spiritual place, all we had left was to eat and we had to sustain our physical body was earthly food. We had to have protein. So we had to start eating the animals. We kind of gave up the fruit and the nuts and the trees. Pastor Deborah's trying to get back to more fruit, nuts, grains, giving up a lot. I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. Not because it's not good for my biological body, but a lot of the meat is not healthy for us. So I try to get more protein, say, from eggs or nuts or uh, vegetables and a lot of fruit and things like that. When we come back, we will not be eating the animals. 
We will be eating different food. Mm-hmm. May not even be eating what you think. All right. You guys enjoy your day in the garden. Go back to sleep. See you later. Bye. See you next Kingdom of Darkness, Spiritual Babylon. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.